Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. We are on episode number 20. And for this episode, we have a very special guest. And I will introduce that guest in just a second. But before I do that, I just want to remind you guys to like and subscribe to our stuff at X underscore breakdown uh, on both Instagram and Twitter. And please keep giving us a five-star review. We're up to 23 five-star reviews on Apple podcast guys we get to number 24 that's Kobe's number we're good it doesn't matter after that so if we can get another five-star like that would be awesome we really appreciate your guys's feedback continue to give us what you got and we will uh continue continue giving you guys the best we have on the podcast so we got Zach we got Mike the normal crew but we got one extra tonight it is Zach Fleer from 270 Hoops a good friend of mine who I've known for eight years now um and I'm really excited about tonight's episode because Zach has a, a lot to offer, uh, not just to the high school basketball game here in Columbus, Ohio, um, but he's really become a student of the game the last eight years since I've known him and is somebody that I would trust as a coach now in central Ohio. And, and I have been since he's been, has, he's been doing this, but somebody whose opinion I really trust and value and Zach and I have had a lot of conversations about players and teams and and things that are important and and uh, and even beyond that, just life in general. So, Zach Fleer, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm really excited. I, I think I might have been the first five star review you guys got. I just made sure I was going to try and be 24, but I already gave it five stars. Uh, I, I appreciate you, man. So, Zach, I met you. In 2013, and you walked in, you would have been, I, I would have guessed you, are, you were 19. I don't know how old you were at the 20, time. 20. Okay, you were 20. And I remember you walked in uh, to an open gym where we were scrimmaging another team in Central Ohio, and I watched you walk in, kind of introduce yourself. You sat down on the side. You pulled out a little notepad and a pen and just started jotting down all the stats in an open gym uh, little scrimmage we did and I was so impressed and I was like, you know, I don't, and I remember you telling me I'm not a basketball guy. I'm getting into journalism. I didn't play basketball in high school, but I love it. You know, I was a baseball guy. I remember having that first conversation with you. And then as time continued to go on, our basketball conversations got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and you are a, a massive, as I said, a massive student in the game. So tell me about what, how this kind of all transpired and, and where it's at now. And it all started by accident, honestly. Like, um, like, like you said, I, I wasn't really a basketball guy in high school. I played baseball. Um, my basketball playing career stopped in eighth grade when I was cut at Pleasant View Middle School. That was mainly because I switched middle schools from seventh to eighth grade. And at this school, they kept the whole seventh grade team. So at my previous school, I played and then got cut in eighth grade. So from that point on, it was like, I'm just going to play baseball in high school. Um, big LeBron fan growing up. Obviously, being a Cavs fan, um, that all changed in 2010 when he went to Miami and, uh, you know, really made me sour there for about a year. So um, that was all in high school. I was my junior year when he went to Miami and then um, got into journalism when I was in college. And I went to Central Crossing High School. You guys, you know, played the Nick Hoffman for many, many years. Um, Westland was our rival. Well, there was two kids at Westland that 
lived in my neighborhood that I'd played pickup with forever that had transferred to Westland from Central Crossing. Um, they were two years younger than me. So it was my sophomore year of college. They're at Westland. Westland starts off like five and zero. Oh, and Mark, you know, you know, being in the same league as Westland for a long time, like they never start five and zero. Oh. So when yeah. they do, you should probably go watch them. And that's Correct. what I decided to do. Um, you know, knowing some of those guys, it was a Friday night. I had, I think, the night off from work, and I needed someone to go with me to this game because I just wanted to watch them. They were playing at Thomas Worthington, and I couldn't get anyone to go. You know. I was in college. Everyone's like, why would you go to a high school game? That's weird. So I forced my little brother to go. And my mom actually did because she was like, Kyle, you can go to that game or you get, you get grounded. Like basically get out of the house so my parents could have, you know, an empty house. Um, so we go to the game. There was the starting point guard for Weston. His name was Kiwan Grace. His older brother, Shawan, was a year older than me. And basically found out I was going to the game. He's like, Hey, let me know how Kiwan does. Cause Shawan was playing football at Finley at the time. So I was like, just follow me on Twitter. I'll just live tweet the game on Twitter. Started live tweeting the game. I fell in love with it right there that night. And I was like, this is kind of fun. Like this team, they were high intensity. They had this guard, Kersey long that had long hair. He was like five foot nine, but he played like he was six, six, just an absolute dog. And from that point forward, I just started going to their games. Um, this was 2012, 2013. I was, it was Christmas break at Ohio State. I'm driver helping for UPS. And I literally went to the second game. They were playing at Hilliard Davidson in like a full UPS driver uniform because I didn't want to miss it. Then the That's third outstanding. game, they beat Olentangy Liberty at home. And I'm just like in the last row of the stands, just live tweeting this game. And at the time, I didn't have an iPhone either. I was, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. I paid for my way through college. I was a commuter. I had a flip phone. And the reason I had a flip phone was earlier that summer, we went on vacation for like the first time in nine years. And I was so excited about seeing the ocean that I literally ran to the ocean with my swimming trunks, not realizing my Android was in my swimming trunks. That's why they should never make swimming trunks with pockets because when I ran into the ocean, I had my phone with me, ruined my phone, had to go to a flip phone that was like five years old. I covered my whole first season and AAU with a flip phone. I was, I would literally text my tweets to Twitter. That's how old this was. You know, I didn't have internet on the phone, so I had to literally text my tweets. Um, and that's what I did that first year and just fell in love with that Westland team. I covered them all the way through. They did not beat Kaufman at all that year. Unfortunately, um, me being a central crossing guy, I hated Kaufman growing up, like just could not stand them that, you know, we would always say, Oh, they're the rich kids, whatever. Um, so that first year was interesting because I was like covering Westland, but I was kind of rooting for them at the same time. So it was very unique. Um, and after that season ended, I decided, you know, I wanted to really pursue this. So Darren Scarberry and I were, um, you know, a guy that we basically met covering the same team. He was filming Westland at that time. He had just graduated from college. I was at Ohio state and I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, let's build, you know, a blog. Like I'll write some game recaps. You're already doing video. That's what we did. And after that season, we decided we were going to, you know, cover big time AAU. So we just, I was literally, basically, I was the janitor at Dave and Buster's from 7 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. And I just did that job so I could afford to travel on the weekends. And we went to all types of tournaments all over the country. At that time, I was really interested in covering like top prospects. The first player I ever interviewed in person was D'Angelo Russell. He was going into his senior year. It was at the TNBA Top 100 camp. Um, he had just committed to Ohio State, and he was actually on the same team as Jay Sean Tate. Um, I interviewed Carl Anthony Towns that same weekend. I saw Devin Booker play. All these guys when they were in high school. I saw Thon Maker. He was 14 at the time, um, but his voice sounded like this when they talked to him. Found out later down the line that he was like 22, but that's the type of guys I was covering. You know, At the same time, we were also covering Jay Sean Tate, he was like the first big time player in the area that I'd ever followed. Um, but basically had an epiphany. And this is how 270 Hoops really, the idea started, um, was October, it was July, 2013 at the um, AAU Super National Tournament, whatever it was. I watched D'Angelo Russell play against Tyus Jones and Thad Mata was like two rows in front of me. And I was a student at Ohio State. So that was super cool because I got to talk to Thad Mata right after that game. But as I'm walking, you know, at the Disney Pavilion, I see two kids from the area that I'd covered in other like OIBL events that summer. 
uh, Manny Powell from Gehanna and Chris Bird from Columbus South. And they both came up to me and they were so excited. They were like, Hey man, we just won the silver bracket championship. And at that time, like a light bulb clicked in my head and I didn't know Jesus at the time. I am very super spiritual now. And this is, you know, God's kind of moment for me. But, um, at that moment I was like, why am I covering these five-star guys that they don't know who I am? I was 19 years old, 20 years old. They really didn't care what I was writing. They already had all types of offers from schools all over the country. They were guaranteed to be NBA players. Why am I following these guys and spending all this money and traveling all over the place when there's guys in my own backyard that aren't getting the coverage that, you know, nobody really knows about them and they could be, you know, if they're not D- division one, they could at least be D two or D three. And, it was at that moment that I decided, hey, I'm going to – I'm not covering these, like, super five-star guys anymore. It doesn't really do anything for me. I want to actually build something for these Central Isle players that these five-star guys are getting from ESPN and 24-7 sports. So that's when it was started, like, the idea of 270 Hoops. It took two more years for it to actually become something. Um, but that that tournament right there was when I decided I want to cover local basketball like ESPN covers these five-star dudes because no one else was doing it at that time. I know there's other people now, but in 2013, there was really nobody. And that's why I was going to all those open gyms. That's where I met you. Um, I think you guys are scrimmaging Gehanna. And I think Nick Ward like messaged me and was like, Hey, we're scrimmaging at Kaufman today, you know, come up. And I just drove up there and I met you and Jamie and Adam Banks and everybody that night. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to get to know the area and these kids. And it's just evolved into something. I'm on TV now. Like, I I just can't believe that it's come to where it has. But uh, it's just all hard work and, you know, eight years of continuing grinding. Yeah, a lot of people, when I first started, they were like, oh, he's a baseball guy. He has no idea what he's talking about. Um, But I've just continued to watch and watch and watch and talk to smart people who know basketball. And now it's got to the point where, you know, they rely on me for my, my take on stuff. So it's kind of cool to see how it's all, you know, developed and grown. I I, I want to jump in and just I want to make sure that uh, I'm clear with the audience. Zach Fleer has been a guy that I will always say at the end of the day, he has gone to bat for kids that would have never had somebody go to bat for them for if it wasn't for you. And more kids have gotten exposure that would have never seen any type of exposure uh, because of what you've done in Columbus, Ohio, and, and specifically for high school basketball players. Um, I've said a couple of times, man, I wish this guy was around when I was playing in high school because I mean, the only way people were known when I was in high school is if you were really good in AU or you were the star of your, you know, of your high school, which, which at that time, you know, there was way less, but, um, but still it's, it's, it's amazing to see that if you're a high school player now, because how much does it mean to those kids? And and I'm sure you've gotten plenty of feedback, but, but just as a coach now, and as somebody that cares about a lot of these kids, I can't imagine how much it means them to see their name, even written one time, right? Just one time in an article. And, and I know you do it for the right reasons, uh, but beyond that, you've also, as I said, you've become a student of the game and it's been very obvious. You have studied how basketball works and the ins and outs, and you pick up on things that a lot of people don't just casual fans just don't see the stuff you see. So uh, that, that is definitely my take on it. And now you have kind of expanded this, right? Can, and now it's kind of grown into something bigger. Can you, can you kind of continue with that and where it's at now? Yeah, so we started, Jason Morrow and I founded the company back in 2015. I was just coming out of college, and it was us two for really the first year and a half. Um, We had our first staff member, Darkel Curry. He joined our staff in 2017 or 2016, and then it was really the fall of 2018 where this really took off. I was very aggressive that fall. I'm like, "I, I need more help. We need more people here. We need more of a digital presence. Um, we hired Nathan Perky, who was a freshman in college at that time. He totally revolutionized our Instagram account. And basically, our, just all of our video content, Jason Morrow had gotten hired by Slam Magazine through Darren Scarberry. Um, and Jason really studied a lot of how Slam did things. And we started adopting all of those practices when it came to video. Um, I, I hired four other people that season and was just like, we're going to cover as many teams as possible. That was our goal was to see over a hundred local high schools, which most people probably don't even know. There's a hundred high schools in the central district. There's like 109 this past season. I think we saw it almost every school, but 
that was when the current model was really established was that 2018, 19 season. Um, we went to like a scouting report type article style. And basically what we do now is it's a free website. Um, we have like a subscription thing you can sign up for, but the meat and potatoes of our content is all free. Um, we provide scouting reports throughout the high school season. So if I go to Dublin Kaufman versus, um, you know, Hilliard Davidson, for example, I covered that game this year. We put out a scouting report after the game. So I have a quick game recap and then we go into detail of, you know, probably six to eight kids every, every single game, um, who they are, you know, height, position, graduating class, strengths, weaknesses, what they did well in the game. And I just, I've seen these kids. I know these kids so well that I, there's so much background information that I provide that most people just couldn't provide because they don't know the kids. That's what we provide. And our target audience is high school coaches, high school players, college coaches, parents. It's something that's really unique because it's, it serves a role for everybody. You know, parents can read about their kids and, you know, repost that stuff to Facebook and, you know, tell all their friends about it. But then college coaches can get something really valuable. They can get evaluations that are accurate that, you know, we don't provide a lot of fluff. I don't lie about kids. I've always said that I'd rather offend a kid with some honesty than lie to a college coach and lose credibility. So that's been my whole motto over the last couple of years. But now I would say our, the strength of our business now is just the video content. We have, you know, five guys now with cameras. I went out and bought a whole new Sony camera just last week um, that I'm really trying to take it to the next level. So we have five guys that film now. So we provide, you know, full length YouTube videos, Instagram highlights, all types of single clip highlights. It's literally like a full scale operation. Now um, got to the point where, NBC four here, local TV station in Columbus um, asked to partner with me to do a Friday night show. And we do that every Friday night now. And we did, I think 14 episodes this past season. So it went from literally having a flip phone and a notebook and Dublin Kaufman's open gym, for example, to, you know, having a staff of 11 people. And it's, you know, it's not just providing opportunities for the kids that we're covering, but it's also, you know, the staff members. We've got guys that have worked for us that have moved on to become college coaches that have moved on to work for Ball is Life and Slam Magazine. Um, guys that have moved on to journalism programs all over the country because they get great experience in high school. So it's just a passion operation to, you know, help out this area, provide basketball coverage and content that, you can't really find at any other website in the country. I really believe that there's not another website in the nation for one single area that does what we do. And we also cover girls now too. That was one thing I always wanted to do. I needed to get a staff for girls. We did that this past season. We covered over a hundred girls games. And just this past weekend, I was covering girls AAU and saw 60 local prospects. That's just, I love it. Like I, whenever I can see a local player, whether that's in high school or AAU and I can, you know, document their success and help document their journey. Like it's just, it's what I was born to do. And um, it's fun because now on the boys side, we're sending at least, and it's not just us, like a lot of the kids, you know, they deserve the recognition and that's how they get the exposure. But since we've been around, we've had, I think four straight classes of over a hundred college commitments across all levels on boys basketball. And I just know when I started that 2013, 14 season, there was probably only maybe 40 kids that went to the next level. You weren't really seeing it at D2, D3, NAI, JUCO like you are now. Now it's got to the point I have over 1,500 college coaches across the country that follow me. If you're a good enough player, like you're going to get recruited now and you're going to go somewhere if you want to play college basketball. It's gotten to that point. I mean, we're getting kids that are sixth man on their high school team, seventh man on their high school team that have potential and we're helping them get recruited too. So it's, it's just so cool because I was the first person in my family to go to college and to provide that type of opportunity for a lot of kids. It's just really fun. So that's, that's what, where it's at now. I just, I can't believe it's grown to this when it started. I didn't think it was going to be this big and it just keeps getting bigger. And, you know, it's just natural growth and, you know, God really putting his hand on it as well. Well, I, I think it's awesome. I followed you. I don't know, a couple months ago now. Actually, I was watching NBC4 and I saw that you were going to be on and Mark and I started texting about you. And that's kind of how I got to know you. I've been I've been in central Columbus and 270 hoops is, you know, 270 is the loop around Columbus for our Germany listeners. It's the highway that goes around Columbus. And I think it's cool that you cover everything. And since I've been following you, I've, I've seen multiple, multiple tweets about, you know, this this kid committed here this kid congratulations you committed here and it's the schools i've never heard of 
you know, it's little D little, but it's D three colleges in uh, Northern Ohio out in Pennsylvania, you know? And so you're right. I, I love that you're giving them um, some notoriety and a shot to go do that. And I love what you just said about this might be the first person in their family that gets to go on to that next level. And if you can be a little put a, a little part of that, um, I think that's awesome. I do, I do have um, a hard hitting journalistic question. When you were live tweeting from that Dublin Kaufman game, oh, low those many years ago, when you hit Kaufman, did you have to hit the one button three times to get to C? Yes. Because it was a flip phone? It was a flip phone. So it was... That's freaking dedication, button. man. That's uh, started from the bottom. Now you're here. Good yeah. gracious. I remember when I got when I got my first iPhone, I'm like, man, these, these people have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I'm on the same playing field now. Like I had to literally like I texted my tweets and I had to go home and get on my laptop and like get on Twitter and see, you know, how my, how many new followers I got and how many retweets. I was. It was that type of deal. It was crazy. Humble beginnings. I love it. No, but you're, you're doing good work. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's been fun sort of watching. I'm coming late to the game. I mean, you know, again, I got here about, I think Mark was in his senior year when I came down here. And so I got to watch that whole crew and then I sort of kept a part of the game, but you're bringing, uh, you're bringing knowledge to me. So I appreciate it. No problem, man. It's and, and Zach, you know, what's great with what you're doing. And as you said, you've grinded for a long time and this work ethic that you're bringing to, uh, to this is, is unmatched. You know, when I, I when I hear your story and see what you're doing, do you have kind of like this picture as far as, what 270 sports will be as far as like, what do you want to, how big or, you know, what, what you want to touch, what your staff wants to, what you want to look like, everything you want to cover. Do you have an idea already in your head, a picture for future of what you actually want it to grow to be towards end game? Yeah, basically the long-term goal. And this is, you know, this all started eight years ago. So who knows how fast it can happen, but the long-term goal, I want to provide boys and girls coverage, equally um my my short-term goal right now honestly is to get the girls game at least here in columbus like the same level of recognition and notoriety because this is my first year like covering girls full-time and i honestly like it more than boys um boys sure you get more attention and you know you get more clout and stuff like that but the girls basketball game is great these girls compete at an extremely high level they're all all of them like I would say their IQ and their feel for the game is higher than most boys, if not 90% of boys players that I see. And they're just great teammates. Um, you know, they, they don't argue with the refs. They move the ball. I watched a team this past weekend. They had five girls on the bench and the girls on the bench were more excited than the girls on the floor when their teammates succeeded. And that's just the type of stuff that I love. That's what I'm seeing with the girls. So I want to provide Girls with the same type of opportunities, but the long, long-term goal is to have websites like ours all across the Midwest and then the country, um, because I think it can be done. We've done it here in Columbus. I just have to find people that are willing to grind like I have and our staff has um, in other areas. And if we can do that, you know, I think we can get as many kids as possible to the next level. There's just nothing like it when you go to other cities. We started a website called 275 Hoops in Cincinnati that they were in their second year. Obviously, with COVID, it was a lot more difficult this past season. Um, but I have plans for that website to be on par with 270 Hoops this, this upcoming season. And if we can get that there, then I want to launch one. You know, my next target city, like I want to go to Indianapolis. I don't know anybody there yet, but I want to go to Indianapolis because it's Indiana's just basketball haven. And I, I would love to bring a site there because – um, if we can get a pump in there, I think that can lead to maybe like a Chicago website and a Detroit website. Like I, I want to be all over the Midwest. Um, so that's the long-term goal. I, I want to call it interstate hoops at that point and just have like a giant roadmap of, you know, interstate highways. And then you click on the, the logo and then it takes you to that website. So that's kind of like the, the dream that I have. That actually would be really awesome. Um, one thing I, uh, last thing I want to say about Zach before we dive into uh, some other topics is, Here's the thing I respect about you the most is that I have seen more than not, and I'm very passionate about this, by the way. So before we get into this, I just want everybody to know I'm very passionate about this. Here we uh, go. <laughs> Zach Fleer stands up for Division Three basketball players. 
because Division three basketball players, for whatever reason, some a lot of kids and a lot of guys playing think that they're above Division three basketball. And I'm here to tell you that there are more Division three basketballs basketball players that would give absolute work to any high school kid <laughs> in the area than not. Uh, and I'm a proud alum Division three basketball player. Um, and I will stand on that ground. I know I know more good Division three basketball players than I do Division two basketball players. I'll just say that. Just that I know. I guys that I've played with and know. There are so many good Division three basketball players, and I appreciate the fact that Zach realized that and he knows it, and he, he stands up for us D three guys. And that's a big shout out to you for that one, man. Hey, D3 basketball is great basketball. I, my my new phrase is like anybody can go D3, but not everyone can play D3. And when I when I watch those games, I watch like Marietta play, you know, in the NCAA tournament. Jason Ellis at Marietta, like that dude would give 40 to any high school player. And there's only probably five high school kids in Columbus right now that I would trust in like a NCAC title game between Wittenberg and whoever the heck they play in the title game, like there's only a handful of guys because the D3 game is mature, it's physical, and you got to know how to play basketball. That's one thing I tell kids, too. I'm like, look, if Wittenberg or Marietta, Heidelberg, like these schools, if they're actually recruiting you, it means you know how to play basketball. Like you, you can't play at Wittenberg. You can't play at Marietta. You can't play at Otterbein, even, for example, if you don't know what you're doing out there. And not a lot of high school kids do, um, and that's – you know, they, they sleep on D3 and yeah, sure. They may think it's too expensive or whatever, but if you try hard enough and you do well enough in school, like you can get academic scholarships and there's other ways for it to get paid. Heidelberg, for example, they've gotten six local prospects, their situation, they got new financial aid packages this year. So it's only like $1,500 out of pocket for most kids from the city league. So they're getting like a bomb squad of commits from the Columbus city league that, I think if we, you know, if I wasn't pushing D3 basketball and we weren't really telling the story of a lot of kids that are going D3 and committing D3, I don't know if a lot of kids would consider it. Uh, Heidelberg, for example, they just wouldn't know about it. You know, I was doing free open gyms for Columbus City School athletes, and I invited Andy Winters, the head coach at um, Otterbein, to come in and talk to kids. And those city league kids, they had no idea that, like, a school like Otterbein, they have a free full-ride scholarship program for Columbus City School kids that led to one of those kids committing to Otterbein a few months later. And it led to, you know, a kid like Leon Douglas from Wana Ridge prior to that meeting, he had no intentions on going D three. Now he's going to Marietta, which they make the NCAA tournament just about every year. So being able to do stuff like that, you know, I want kids to pursue those options because if you know anything about Ohio colleges, academically, you're much better off going D three than you are D two. So that's just the case. You know, most D twos are pretty bad academically in Ohio. So you're, probably better off if you want a degree and to go further you want to go d3 and division three basketball produces a lot of really good coaches seriously uh it's that's a fact there are a lot of good head coaches around central ohio and the division three high school and division three college level so hang with us guys we will be right back we got quite a bit more to cover uh so hang with us and we'll come back right after a short break Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more that's a r y s e dot com welcome back to x's nose nba breakdown we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here today or tonight or whenever you're listening um we are back with our with our guest zach fleer it's mark mike and zach we're all here um, and it's time to dive into some NBA stuff, and and we're excited to come come at you here with some some good content because the playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, the playing games start tomorrow, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, um, and then it's every night after that. Um, just battle after battle, both conferences loaded. We've talked a lot about it a lot 
on this show. Um, and so we're going to, we're going to really focus on the playoffs and, and what we foresee and how that looks to us, what we, what matchups we are excited to watch. Um, but before that, we actually are going to kind of talk about something else Zach's doing and it involves the NBA because the Dallas Mavericks uh, shooting coach, Peter Patton is going to be teaming up with Zach for a really cool event here in central Ohio. And I'm going to let him just kind of talk about um, what that looks like and, and how that's all going to go. Uh, it's a really cool uh, event for kids and especially as somebody who loves to shoot, uh, that would be me. Um, I think it's awesome that kids will get some experience because it's the most important, one of the most important facets of basketball, obviously. Um, if you can shoot, there's a spot for you on the floor. So Zach, um, go ahead and tell us what that looks like. So yeah, it would be the 270 Hoops West Side Shooting Camp. And the reason it's the West Side Shooting Camp is I'm a West Side guy. I grew up playing in, you know, leagues at Franklin Heights and at Westland. And um, when I was a kid, we had rec leagues all throughout that area. Well, since then, those rec leagues have gone away. And the West Side schools, you know, there's six schools that I'm involving in this, and it's a free camp for 10 kids from each of those schools. West High School, Briggs High School, Franklin Heights, Westland, Central Crossing, Grove City. Other than Grove City, the other five of those schools, they've mightily struggled in basketball over the last, I'd say, seven, eight years. And me being a Central Crossing graduate, someone, you know, my family's whole roots are at Westland, at West, at Central Crossing. My entire family graduated from those schools. I felt a calling to do something to help. Um, you know, I, I just think like, man, you have all this influence in the area. You know, I was praying one night, this is several months ago, like, I need to do something for that side of town. You know, there's not youth leagues anymore. When we get a good player at Central Crossing, for example, they tend to transfer before they get to Central Crossing. They go somewhere else because the basketball tradition, the culture is just not there. And a lot of those kids are just at a disadvantage because they're not getting instruction at the youth level. There's really not any programs for them. Um, so I just decided this is in, I think December is in November. I was at a scrimmage, picked a random scrimmage. I saw West against international. If you are familiar with Columbus basketball, those are two programs. They're not very good. So the fact that I even went to that scrimmage was a miracle in itself. Um, but I'm there and I'm watching West play and they're getting open three after open three and they're just not making any of them. And their coach who's not there anymore. He looks at assistant. He's like, they're good shots. They're just not going in. And I'm like, they're not good shots if your kids don't know how to shoot. Like, there's a reason they're not going in. They, they don't know how to shoot. And it was that night where I'm like, they need a shooting camp. They need – I knew Peter Patton. I'd done a shooting camp with the Mid-Ohio Pumas with him back in 2019. I was like, I bet, I bet he would partner with me if we offered a free shooting camp for those same kids whose shots were clanking off the side of the backboard. They need to learn how to shoot. You know, if I can't run a youth league for these kids, I can at least – give them the tools to shoot the basketball. And when I called Peter um, with the, the idea back in December, you know, he was like, oh, I'm down. Like, he's like, you don't need to pay me. Just make sure it's out of the NBA playoff window. So in case we make a long run, you know, I'll be able to be there. And I got with Westland High School, called the head coach, Rob Hayes. He was down. We got the gym reserved and it's going to happen June 28th to the 30th. It'll be um, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. those three days. I, I, I'm very close to getting a sponsorship with Flyers Pizza to sponsor the whole event. You know, they sponsor all those schools already. They're a West Side Pizza Company as well. So uh, it, it's going to be a sweet event. It's a, a labor of love. It's a passion project. I, I want to help those schools because every single year in Division One basketball, when you go to the Central District Tournament draw, I'm tired of seeing Westland and Franklin Heights and West and Briggs and Central Crossing at the bottom. You know, I, I want to see those teams get better. I want to see those players get better. And if they can learn to shoot the ball, that's going to help them because if you can shoot, like Mark said, you can play anywhere. And those schools also, those kids deserve to play. They deserve to get a chance to play in college. So I'm just blessed that Peter is taking the chance to do this with me, that he's, you know, being so gracious like he is. And, you know, he even said, he's like, I enjoy doing the Puma stuff. He's like, but I want to help underprivileged kids that maybe don't have a basketball hoop and teach them how to improve their shooting without even having a hoop to do it at home, you know, in their basement, for example, or in their bedroom, like how they can improve their jump shot. So he's excited about it to teach those skills. And um, I, I'm just, I'm pumped. Like this is one project that I've never done anything like this before, but I can already tell that I've had I, kids I've covered from the West side that have gone on to play college and pro that 
they're beating down my door to make sure they can be there and help out and provide something for those kids. So it just took somebody on the West side of town to say, you know what, I'm tired of this. Like, let's, let's do something and fix this. So we're doing that. And the funny thing with it is I put the Mavs logo on, on the, the ad that I put out. And then Peter's like, Hey, uh, for future advertising, can you not put the logo on there? So I was like, Hey, they know about it. So an NBA team knows about my event. So I've had to remove the logo, but the Maverick shooting coach will be there. Um, and I'm excited, you know, these kids are going to get, you know, how, how often does a kid like Sir Benjamin Carricker from West high school, like he's never in his life going to get a chance to learn how to shoot from an NBA shooting coach. Like I've had to explain to the high school coaches, like this dude literally works with JJ Reddick and Luka Doncic like every day. So if he can teach those guys how to shoot that already know how to shoot and make them better, he's going to make your kid who, you know, doesn't know how to grip the basketball an even better shooter. So um, it's, it's going to be fun. It's, it's just a total blessing. Yeah. That is a once in a lifetime type of deal for, for many of those kids. And I, that is, that is really incredible that he's not only willing to do it with you, but, but that's part of his passion too. It, it's funny how things work and, and end up meshing that way. Right. Um, and with that, I want to kind of transition into some playoff basketball. Now, Houston Rockets didn't make the NBA playoffs, but Zach, I know you got a lot of love for Jay Sean Tate. You've been rooting for him all year. You've been calling for rookie of the year for him. This is your moment real quick before we dive deep into the playoff hunt to tell us what you want to say about my man, Jay Sean Tate, who knocked us out of the tournament in 2013 when you first started. And I got to be honest, he was really tough to stop. I do remember that. So. That dude, I've covered more Jay Sean Tate games than any other player. That, Like I said, that first summer when I had my flip phone, I think I covered 100 all-Ohio Red basketball games because he was just so fun to watch. Guaranteed double-double every time he hit the floor. And I just want to thank Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors for making positionless basketball and small ball a thing because if they didn't, I don't know if Jay Sean Tate would be in the NBA. Um, with that, with small ball being a thing and you know giving guys a chance like him or maybe only 6'4", but play bigger than that, He's now carved out a niche in the league, and he's going to stay for a long time. So shout out to Jay Sean. He was the first major player I ever covered. When I was a senior at Ohio State, he was a freshman there. And when I would run into him on the Oval, for example, he would say, what's up? And we'd talk. And I always thought that was cool because, you know, I'd be walking with friends, and they're like, how do you know that kid? And I'm like, well, you know, I covered 100 of his AAU games and was keeping stats at them like a total noob that I was back then. But um, yeah, I'm proud of Jay Sean. He's overcome so much adversity. You know, many people never thought he'd be in the NBA and to see him doing what he is now. Um, it's just it's an honor just to watch it. And he should be rookie of the year when it comes to impact on winning on both sides of the floor. I know the Rockets didn't win many games this year, but if they didn't have Jay Sean. I don't know if they would have had double digit wins. So shout out to Tate. That's my guy. And I'm excited to see his career just unfold for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think he's he's found a way to to get a rather long a, a long career now in the NBA in some sort of role, which you know as as you said, I don't know that many people would have ever thought that that was coming, uh, but has made the absolute most of an opportunity and would really help a playoff team. Uh, you know, if you were to put him on another team, he would really help a couple of these teams uh, making a playoff push. Speaking of making a playoff push, Zach, can you go ahead and give us oh, the all the all time uh, NBA playoff preview that we've been waiting for this entire year? We've been predicting who's going to go where, where it's all going to end up. I know you have it ready on your phone, so please let us know what the current matchups are. So playoff uh, play and tournaments start tomorrow. We've got um, Pacers. I don't. I had my last episode where I ranted about the Pacers. Not going to really bring them up. Uh, Pacers playing Charlotte. You got Wizards playing the Celtics. I'm probably going to say that uh, Wizards are going to take that one. Celtics are going to be done. Uh, Pacers. I, I don't know. I don't even care anymore of those those two teams. But we got some great matchups coming up. Um, the Lakers and Golden State. How do we feel about that? Lakers and Golden State. That's well, a big one. I first want to throw a little a little spice in here in the East. I really want Washington to win and get that seven seed, and yeah. then end up playing Kevin Durant 
and yeah. Rich Harden and company. Absolutely. I would really enjoy watching Russell Westbrook just go. Uh, that would be an absolute war zone of a, of a, of a series. And, and I know Brooklyn would probably ultimately win. they have too much offense compared to what uh, Washington has, but Russell Westbrook would not go down. Quietly. No, just no. Throw that up. That would be entertainment at its finest. Yeah. I, you know, the way that I see it, you're probably going to say with injuries to both Charlotte and Indy, you're probably going to have, I'm going to probably still give the edge to uh, Indy with Brogdon coming back. Um, and they're going to play Philadelphia. Uh, they're done. Um, and then obviously Washington, I think that's going to be who plays Brooklyn. Heck of a series. New York Atlanta is going to be real fun to watch. Nate McMillan, as we've talked about a few times in the episode, or a couple episodes, he's, he's has them playing really good. New York is just the fact that New York is back and has clinched home court advantage in the playoffs after however many years of not making the playoffs. They're, they, they're a piece away from being dangerous with Tibbs and then, you know what they end up thinking ended up having the best defense in the league at the end of the season. Right. Yeah. They're, they're tough yeah. defensively. They're, yeah. they're, they're just tough. Milwaukee, Miami. Oh, <laughs> Milwaukee, Miami. That's going to be great. East is going to have some good. Nobody, matches. nobody wants to play Miami right now. No, nope. nobody wants to play Miami. No. Nope. And as we said, it doesn't even matter that Oladipo is not going to be there. Like it does not matter. Mm-mm. We've nope. talked about that coaching staff. We've talked about that roster. They're built for the playoffs. I, I see. I can see Milwaukee losing that 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 first round series easily. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Chris Quinn and, and Eric Spoelstra out the, down there in Miami. Uh, I, I I text him almost too often, I think, because I'm so intrigued with what they're doing, and I know he can't give me all the ins and outs, but that is one of the best best coach teams in the NBA, if not the best, those guys get the most out of what they have. And Miami is turning into a nightmare matchup, Mike, as you said. Um, And so the East is, is going to be a heck of a run. Now I know you guys can't see, but Zach Fleer has got a Warriors Steph Curry jersey on. Um, (laughs) I know he did it on purpose for this episode. Uh, Zach, Tell me what you think about this, these playing games in the West. Um, you know, things, <laughs> TV and entertainment is about to, uh, is about to hit for the Western Conference playoffs. First of all, it's a dirty move to wear the uh, Warriors jersey. Dirty move. Uh, I do think it's funny that uh, the amount of chatter there was on Twitter <laughs> about both the Clippers and the Nuggets tanking their last game so they didn't have to play the Lakers. I'm worried on a one game. Steph just went, I watched them on Sunday. Steph just went for 44, um, and he had, I think, six after the first quarter. Or, yes, yeah, something like that. And he went for 44, and he makes me really nervous. Um, part of me really likes, as a Laker fan, part of me really, really likes being um I, obviously i would have rather been the six but the seven it, it everybody's sort of been waiting for the playoffs and it's on right now but if for whatever reason you have an off game you still get to play again so i'm nervous about but i'd be terrified if it were the nine ten because steph could go for 58 and, uh, you know, Draymond could have his half Westbrook and go five, five and five and still, you know, Lakers would be out, but seven, eight, I'm not as worried. Plus everybody's healthy now, but I'm still terrified. So there you go. So Fleer, tell me, what are your thoughts? What, what do you see happening uh, in the West and specifically with this Golden State Lakers matchup? Uh, I think, I mean, Steph Curry owns LeBron, so I think he's going to own LeBron again. And uh, I, I see Steph going for 40-plus and Golden State just, you know, they're the kryptonite for him. So um, I, think, I think they'll knock them out. I think the Lakers will win, you know, that second game. Um, and they'll get in. I mean, the NBA, they, they can't have LeBron out of the playoffs, so they'll find a way to keep him in the playoffs. But um, I got I got Golden State 
winning that first game. That's why I wore the jersey. Um, Steph is Steph is the greatest point guard of all time, so I'm excited to see him. You know, I had so much respect for you in that first segment. <clears throat> I tell you, I was like, this guy, he's really got it together. And then you go and say something like that. Steph being LeBron's kryptonite is one thing. You know, I'll take it, whatever. You know, I I could have been one of his teammates on one of those games in one of those series. And you know what? If he had Durant, he probably would have won too. Secondly, uh, no, I love what you said because I'm really nervous. I do. <laughs> I do. And you're right. They're not going to keep LeBron out. LeBron will be there regardless. So he's, they're either the seven or the eight. So carry on. I think if I was a Lakers fan and I'm not, I think I would rather play Utah than Phoenix. I just would. I think Utah, they choke every year in the playoffs. So I'd rather play them than Phoenix. Yeah, that's interesting. And Zach, you and I talked about this on the last episode. You know, if you are the Lakers, uh, you want to see Utah or Phoenix as opposed to uh, the Clippers and, yeah. and or Denver. And we saw Clippers and Denver both intentionally tank to avoid the Lakers um, and make them play the play in. So it ends up maybe working towards the Lakers benefit. But um, how do you foresee this matchup going? You know, I Steph's going to go do his thing. I, I he is. I mean, I, I you should be nervous. I, I think there is definitely should be some nervous fe- feelings there. I st- I'm still going to call for the Lakers to pull this one out, um, and and get to Phoenix. Phoenix, as we've talked about. You know, and, and a friend of the show, Coach O, we, we've we've talked about Utah and Phoenix, and you know, we're great to see them get a number one. Great to see Chris Paul leading Suns there. They have a lot to prove in the playoffs. We've seen them not really be able to do much of anything. Uh, I mean, Phoenix hasn't really been in the playoffs, but Utah is 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 always getting eliminated. Uh, I don't buy them as a one-two seed, even though they had a good record. You know, it, it just is what it is. It just kind of how the how the cookie crumbled there. But I think the Lakers can can beat either of those teams depending on matchups and health. I, I think I honest I honestly do think that even with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think you're right, Fleer. That's that's a tough. That's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. Who would you want the Lakers to play? But I, th- I think they can beat Phoenix. Um, and I think I w- I'm going to pull for that one there. Um, but I they have to be on their A game on Wednesday. Period. Fleer, let me ask you, because I have a theory. I, in, in, a, in a one game, I it, it's a toss-up. I mean, the Lakers are a better team, but Steph is just otherworldly, or can be. Um, but against either Utah or Phoenix, I take the Lakers uh, over the Warriors to win either of those series in a seven-game series. Yeah? No? Thoughts? I, I, I agree. I still think even if they are the seven or the eight seed, I still feel like they're the favorite. I, I really do. When you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, that's scary. I mean, they were only there because those guys were hurt for so long. So, yeah, um, I, I think they're – Still, they're the defending champions. I think they're still the favorite no matter what. And I don't know. I, I feel like with Jamal Murray being out, and then I think Kawhi Leonard can't lead a team on his own. He needs another leader-type guy, and the Clippers just don't have that. I think that's why they fell apart last year, and I think they'll fall apart again this year. They have Paul George. <laughs> exactly. He's got to come out of the game. <laughs> He's going to have to come out of the game. <sighs> they don't have a Kyle Lowry or a Tony Parker, you know, just an anchor-type type guy on that team. So I, I think, I don't think the Clippers, I, I really do. I feel like the Lakers can come out. I just, I pray that they lose the next two games and that they don't get to play in the playoffs, but that's just not We'll hit these last two matchups here. We've got Denver and Portland. Um, Dame's going to go be Dame. I think Jamal Murray being hurt is going to end up really hurting them in the playoffs as far as Denver goes. Yes, they ended up having a third seed, but they need Murray. Jokic, whether you call him your MVP, I still say Steph's our MVP, just like LeBron says he is the MVP of the league. Um, 
I, they're not going to be able to go far on just Jokic in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. Um, so I honestly, I could see Portland giving the Denver an upset there, doing yeah, the six over the three. I think that's a, I think that's a seven game series. I think it's a toss up in games. Yeah, seven. yeah. Um, and then and, you've got Dallas and the Clippers. Yeah, I'm going to go upset here, guys. I'm going to say Dallas is going to is going to beat the Clippers. Um, Dallas is a nightmare that they just are, and Luka Doncic is, you know, already a top five player in my opinion. And I think they have a little revenge in store for what happened in the bubble last year. Yeah. So um, I don't know what you guys think, but I I got uh, I got Dallas upsetting the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, I feel like that's upset in seeding only. You know, if it was five four the other way. It, I, I just I think Dallas is a is a better playoff team certainly for some of the reasons that Zach was saying with Kawhi and then you know we all know the leadership qualities of Paul George. So I'm I am I don't even consider that an upset. It's a five four, but I'm with you, Mark. And Carlisle's a hell of a coach. I mean, Carlisle's has been a consistent coach in the playoffs. You know, obviously I love Rick because he's an old Pacers coach, but um, he, he, I, I love the way he coaches in the playoffs. I, I do. I see that being a upset, if you will, at the four and five. I think that's a toss up of either of those teams as far as four and five. But I think Dallas can pull that off for sure and could still see that going to seven game series. I, I could see that going there, too, depending on uh, what, what happens there. But. Yeah, those are our matchups so far. All right, so let's do our quick uh, let's do our quick playoff preview predictions. Everybody gets their chance. Who do you guys got in the NBA Finals? Uh, who do you got winning it all? I'll start. Um, I think in the East, I have chaos in the first round. I think I think New York and Atlanta will be the best series in the East. Um, I got Miami beating Milwaukee, and um, you know, I, I, Brooklyn's just so talented. You know, anytime you got three of just the best all-around scorers on the same roster, I think when those – I know they haven't played a whole lot, but if they can get those three, click on all cylinders, um, I think they're the toughest team, if not in the East, if the end could be in the NBA overall. Uh, we just got to see them do it in the playoffs. I got Brooklyn coming out of the East. Um, interesting. I, I think I think New York can go far. I think defense – that defense is so tough, and – Tibbs has been proven to be pretty good in the playoffs. So um, I, I got the Knicks maybe advancing to the conference finals. Um, but I, I got, I like New York. I like Brooklyn. I guess it's New York, but I like Brooklyn coming out um, of the East. And then the Western Conference, I hate to say it, but I think the Lakers, no matter if they're the seven or eight seed, I just, I can't, as much as I'm not his biggest fan, I just, it's, you can't root, you can't pick against LeBron. He's just, he's done it for the last 15, 16 years. Um, I got them coming out. I, I think Utah and Phoenix, like they've had great seasons. They're the one, two seeds. I just don't think that they're unbeatable. I, I think if LA gets either one of them, I think they win that first round matchup. And then there's really no one else that I think has enough because if you get LeBron and AD playing to their potential, there's just nobody that can beat those guys, at least in the West. Um, I, I, I think the NBA wants it. The fans want it. I want to see Brooklyn and LA in the finals. Um, I got that game going seven, and I got Brooklyn beating New York or beating LA in an absolute thriller. And just for fun, I got Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving hitting hitting the step back. Mm. The <laughs> <laughs> That's a spicy one. Woo! All right, uh, Mike, what do you got? So on the East or in the East, I'm with uh, Zach. I've got. Miami upsetting uh, Milwaukee and I got the Nets and I think I don't think I don't think it matters up top I think the winner of the Miami Brooklyn series takes the East whoever comes out of that game I think takes it I'm dude I'm I'm just on Miami right now I just they're we talked at the very beginning of the season there were some teams that needed to get to a really or needed to get on a really hot start, and that was Utah and Phoenix. They did it, they kept it, and now they're the one in the two seed. We talked about the teams that didn't have to. Dallas, Miami, you know, some of those, Golden State to some degree, because they know how to win. 
And those teams now are coming together at the right time. And Brooklyn, even more so than the Lakers, are still trying to coalesce with those three. You know, and we all think that Harden's going to be the point guard. But who, I mean, Zach, I know you said so that, and I'm surprised you didn't even add a step back three over LeBron to win it. But I know you like that irony. But who's going to take that last shot? Right. And, and so now realistically, it doesn't matter. All three of them can make it, but I just don't know against Miami who knows how to win. So I think the winner of that series comes out of the East and up top, I think it's going to be fun, but that, that bottom game or that bottom series is going to matter. I also am taking the Lakers in the West because when I've watched all these Western conference teams, the only team as a Laker fan, the only teams that scare me are in the East. And, you know, some of that's recency bias because we just watched them just waltz through the West last year. Um, and I don't think they're better. And some of the stars are out. And so, you know, I think the Lakers. And I don't know. I mean, I'm going to take the Lakers in the final. I'm going to take Lakers in five because that's what Laker fans do. We take Lakers in five. But I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, I want to revisit that once we get to the finals. But I'll take Lakers and the winner of the Miami-Brooklyn series and then Lakers in five. All right. Well, my West is the Lakers. It, it's just I'm looking at these teams right now on the West side on this bracket and it's the Lakers. I mean, they were the favorite. They're still the favorite seven. They're going to be the favorite at eight. It doesn't matter. It's the Lakers. And with uh, LeBron dunking on Steph in game four to sweep the Warriors <laughs> in the Western conference finals. Um, my East is a little different. Thanks, Mike. My East is a little different. I'm actually going to take Philadelphia coming out of the East. Um, Brooklyn, I, I I just saw what their their biggest issue was is has been size over the over the year. Um, size can can get them, and, and Philadelphia has built a playoff basketball team uh, with their defense, with Ben Simmons running that point guard, and he's healthy going into the playoffs finally, and Bede's healthy going into the playoffs, and they put Seth Curry and. Uh, Danny Green on the outside and they're playing really, really well. And then you also have Tobias Harris. They have a hell of a team and they're guilt geared for the playoffs as far as how their defense lays out. They remind me of a Miami type of defense. And I can see them upsetting, even though they're the one I can see them upsetting a Brooklyn. Um, I guess that would be what this, well, that, that would get be the, the conference final. So um, oh, since they're, yeah. I think Philadelphia's going to do it, but I do see then Lakers taking and repeating over Philadelphia. But Philadelphia is my team coming out of the East. All right. So my prediction is we going back to back. We going back to back. So I got Lakers uh, coming out. Uh, of the- <laughs> uh, uh, I got Lakers uh, coming out. Uh, of the best, obviously, we all know. Um, you know how I feel about that, and. Um, I'm in agreement. I, I can't decide. I can't decide in the East. I'm almost more excited to see how the East plays out because, you know, I Miami is so hard to bet against. Obviously, Brooklyn's got so much firepower. I love – Zach, I agree. I love the way Philly's built. And, and all that being said, guys, Giannis has a lot to prove. Uh, and so Milwaukee's going to be like – that dude is – He's got he has to start doing it in the playoffs at some point if he really wants to be recognized as the player that that he is by by the media at least um and you know last year was was very alarming in the way that that Milwaukee was outed with Miami's defense he's going to have to make shots yeah just, he can't do I don't know if he can do it I just I the regular season's so much different from the playoffs like it's like playing Hillier Bradley almost from a high school standpoint, like you got to make shots. Yeah. And I don't know if he can do it. I mean, he was kind of exposed two years ago against the Raptors. Like that was the series where it was like, Oh, this guy might have some issues here. So I don't know. I, that, that first round matchup's a nightmare for them. Uh, just a nightmare. Specifically. 
And specifically because he already knows what he's about to see against Miami. Like he knows the way that they're going to guard him. And he has to, he has to beat that mental obstacle in his head. Like that. Oh God, I'm going to be forced to shoot six, seven, eight threes and, and six, seven, eight, uh, you know, 15 footers. And they're not going to give me anything easy. And I'm going to get to the, you know, I might get to the free throw line. I got to make clutch free throws, which he struggled with. So he's got to beat that mental hurdle, but, but I'm assuming that he's going to be out to prove something. So um, I don't really know who's going to come out of the East. I'm going to put my money on Brooklyn as well. Um, And I think that that's probably a safe bet right now, just with the firepower. And I got Lakers in six in the NBA finals over Brooklyn. And the reason I say that is because um, I think by that point, the Lakers um, will have done everything they need to do lineup wise. Frank Vogel does a really good job in the playoffs of uh, cutting people off that, that were playing maybe in the regular season. He does not show his playoff hand at all. We saw that last year. And um, as my good friend, Chris Quinn said last year, uh, at the in the in that playoff finals, he said, you know, when they moved AD to the five, we knew it was over. I mean, it's just it's too hard to guard AD at the five, LeBron at the four, and then three shooters and and really good defenders on the perimeter around them. And we know that's coming again. In the playoffs, AD will will bump down to the five, and that is a nightmare for teams to, to try to face as well. So that's our playoff preview. I got one. One question here to finish, and we got six minutes to do it. So each of you get a minute. So you got to think quick. Um, I need your, and let's just throw it out there. I need your all-time starting five. Okay? I need your all-time starting five. I know. I should have maybe given you a warning. So think quickly. Okay? Um, And Fleer, I'm going to start with you because I know you're probably more prepared for this. Okay? So all-time starting five, any generation, ready, go. Steph Curry at the one. Um, anyone who doesn't take him's line to themselves, his, his shooting is just a game changer. Um, at the two, I got Michael Jordan, the GOAT, greatest of all time. You can't not pick Mike. At the three, I got LeBron. Uh, he's the greatest of my, gen- my generation and just the young generation. Um, you got to pick LeBron there. At the four, I'm going to go a little different. I think at his peak, this guy was arguably the best player on the planet. I got Kevin Garnett. I think Kevin Garnett was a monster. I think he was ahead of his time. If he was playing nowadays, he would be an absolute nightmare, even more than he was. He's my four. And at the five, it's another guy that I think is just – he. everyone knows him, and he, he's got all types of notoriety, and people know this guy. But I think in the all-time conversation, he's disrespected because no one dominated the NBA Finals like this guy. Shaq is my five at his peak, the most dominant player in the NBA finals of all time. Just that I'm sorry, Zach, but that Pacer series, like we've never seen stats like that in a single series. So that's my five, Steph, Jordan, LeBron, Carnett, and uh, Shaq at the five. Okay. I'm not going to lie. That that's, that that's a pretty good five. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too upset with that. All right. Other Zach fire. Now. Okay. Do they have to play their, like real positions. Like, can I put LeBron at the one? Cause he plays the one. No, yeah, you can. no, I don't care. No, I'm just wondering. We're playing five on five. We're playing five on five. <laughs> right. What team could beat that team? Okay. Go. Okay. Ish. I mean, it's gotta be close. They have to at least play the position. Can't put Kareem at point. Right. But I can put LeBron who handles the ball at my one. Right. No. Okay. Fair. Okay. Thank you. LeBron James. <laughs> it's my point guard. LeBron James, my point guard. I'm putting Kobe at my two. I'm putting MJ at my three. What's funny is that, Zach, I was sitting here going, what can I take as my four that's a little bit out of the normal? You actually stole mine, which was KG, because KG is one of my all-time – Mark, you know that. KG is one of my all-time favorite players. And then I'm putting Shaq at my five. But I'm having LeBron run my offense with Kobe and Michael. That's also pretty good. That's what I'm doing. All right, Mike, fire. Magic, Kobe, Michael, LeBron, Kareem. Oh, oh my. That's pretty good, too. Um, Positionless basketball. That is positionless basketball. All right. Um, 
so I'm going to go Kobe at the one, uh, Kobe at the two, Kobe at the three, four, and five. So that's, that's all right. That's, <laughs> Ball game. Ball game. Oh man, I can't. As long as he's in my lineup, I don't. All the all the other all the other parts sound great. Um, so that's it for us at X's and O's NBA break. Hey, I'm out a minute. We got two minutes and forty seconds. I need one minute, Mark, on your thoughts about this weekend with Kobe. With what? Oh, oh, the with Kobe okay, Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard to watch. Um, you know, just it's really hard. I my my I know probably I'm speaking for all of us, but I think we're all still trying to come to grips with everything that happened. It just kind of felt like when he when he passed, it just felt like uh, it was the start of everything kind of going downhill and what was 2020 and a bad 2020. Um, and so my mind's still trying to, to wrap around it. And, and it was so unfortunate to have him not be a part of that. Um, but to watch Vanessa go up there, I, I put something out there and it's true. She's built mentally uh, just like her husband, in Kobe. Uh, she didn't flinch. She didn't, um, stutter. And, uh, what was even cooler was to see, um, his daughter put that jacket on proudly and, uh, and stand there in his honor. Um, he would have been really, really proud of that. And I know he was really looking forward to this, as she said, and all in all the, uh, what she put together in the hall of fame, the sections that I saw is just incredible with his 81 point shoes that he wore and his Jersey signed and, and all the cool things that he did. Uh, what a career he's, he's obviously he's my greatest of all time and we miss him. And, uh, man, I hope the Lakers make another run and go back to back. Uh, he, I know he'd be proud of that too. So, Fleer, thank Thanks, you so man. much, sir, for being a part of this. This was a great episode, probably the best one we've done so far. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I know. I really enjoyed about 75% of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so, Appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, follow Zach. Zach, quickly throw out your, your Twitter handle so that people can follow. So, uh, Zach Fleer, 270. You can find all types of – Bible verses and basketball. So great. That's it. That's it. So for us at X knows NBA breakdown, we will see you next time. Episode 21 Mamba on three, one, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. Peace out. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.